Hello and welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gosofsky. I'm here with my co-host, Courtney Small, who's also my favorite critic. Yes, hello. Spring is here. I know. Spring has sprung and so have the new releases. Plenty of them. (laughs) Yes, so many that we have to cut the banter. We have to get right into it. Okay, so in no particular order, here are a few of the new releases coming up. And there's uh, quite a variety of them, so... Listen up. Uh, we're going to talk about Giant Little Ones first. It's uh, a film by Keith Berman, a Canadian filmmaker. He, You might know him from the award-winning film Flower and Garnet. So this is his second feature film. And it's opening uh, next week at the Tiff Bell Lightbox in Toronto and Vancouver. And then, you know, throughout the spring, it'll open up in other cities. So just to start off, uh, this is a film about two young men. They're in high school now. They've been friends since childhood. And, you know, they're these, like, stars in high school, you know, kind of of the guys that everybody looks up to, and they they excel at everything. Um, But they've, they've also got this, you know, really rich friendship. And it's the birthday of one of them. It's Frankie's 17th birthday party. And so, you know, after the festivities with all the the main friends, these two go off and they just keep celebrating together because they're that close. And then something happens between them that they both find very confusing and they both have a difficult time to dealing with, especially um, Frankie's friend, Ballas. He just can't seem to handle it. And so things kind of like go off the rails after that um, they both come from a you know a very well-off fa- like neighborhood and family it's a community you know that's that's kind of suburban well-off there's this sense of you know life is really good and then of course the film really does a great job I think of showing us that of course no matter what your background confusing things happen when you're a teenager you know and it's a chaotic time anyway. And then when it comes to things that are confusing in terms of your own sexuality or just an incident that is sexually confusing and in terms of your ident- your identity is still forming at seven, 17, right? Yep, very, very much so. Yeah, so it, it, it brings up a lot of issues and there's like some very um, good supporting cast members. Kyle MacLachlan plays Frankie's father who, as it turns out, has just... Uh, come to the realization that he's gay. He's just come out and has moved out of the family home with his partner. Like, he lives with his partner now. And so the parents are also heavily involved in this incident and how it affects the boys and their relationships. Yeah, Maria Bello plays the the mother. Yeah, yeah. So you've got some, you know, some big shots. Uh, You must know, you all must remember Kyle McLaughlin from... um, Twin Peaks? Of course. And Dune. And Dune, yeah. (laughs) And many other things. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, you know, there's a little bit of excitement there in terms of, hey, we've got some stars in these films. But I think, like, everyone gives really, really strong performances. Um, But like I said, I I give all credit to Keith Berman for, you know, finding a way to capture their joy of being friends, their, their, their sort of, like, energy that comes from being a teenager feeling like, Everything, you know, all the potential is all there in front of you for anything and everything, uh, the closeness of their relationship, and then 
how it sort of moves in a different direction and gets more contemplative after that uh, as everyone's trying to figure out what happened or just how to each how they each come to terms with what it means for them. Yeah, and it's something that for many teens, the answers don't come quickly. And that's one of the things I really like about this film is it starts off almost as a, a bundle of hormones. So you, you yeah. think it's going to be like your, your prototypical um, teen story of just young people drinking, doing some marijuana, yeah. partying, you know, talking about when they're going to lose their virginity. And then the film takes a, a different turn with this encounter. Mm-hmm. And then the reaction that a lot of the fellow students have when word of this encounter gets leaked and how Frankie gets ostracized by his peers, his swimming team. I know, uh, even though it was like it, the way it's presented outside to the group, it's because of Fra- because of Ballas's reaction and what he says. Mm-hmm. He's sort of in having trouble coming to terms with it. He sort of presents it to everyone else in the school as if it's well, it was Frankie's fault. Yeah, and you think and that it's not that simple. You think that it's going to be a story, um, like a typical story of identity and abuse because of it. Mm-hmm. But the film then takes another pivot, and new friendships are formed. And through those new friendships, you get a wide breadth of the teenage experience. Yeah, so you have absolutely. the the. Uh, coming to terms with your own sexuality, you have the, I think, Ballas' sister who is dealing with trauma that mm-hmm. occurred about a year ago at a particular party. Something happened to her and she's still coming to terms with that. And how do you move on um, from that? And also, how do you get close to other people after you've had such traumatic things in your life? And then you have Frankie's friend, Mouse, who is comfortable with her sexuality like everyone Mm -hmm. knows that that mouse likes girls but there's still aspects of her identity that she's still trying to figure out and it's a it's a really rich mix of characters and Mm -hmm. for a film that is about male friendship and coming to terms with identity i found the female characters including maria bell's mother really fascinating yeah i thought they were like the probably the best crafted characters partly because they either knew enough about themselves or they were at a point where they were in transition whereas I think Ballas and Frankie are now starting their learning journey and I think that says something about the pressure that is put on boys to behave a certain way Mm -hmm. to be guys to be you know whereas with the women they've probably gone through the worst in some cases and so they've they've come they're at a point where they've come out the other side of any sort of conflicts. Um, and whereas the boys are just trying to figure out, and that added pressure of masculinity on top of that. And uh, yeah, it's, it weaves quite the, the rich And you picture. also have the, like for example, when the film starts, both Frankie and Ballas, they both have girlfriends. And the way that Ballas' girlfriend works really hard to protect his image of masculinity and identity is also fascinating. So you have people that enable 
in many ways, either knowingly or inadvertently, toxic behavior, mm-hmm. just so that they can fit with societal norms of what yeah, it means to be Yeah, she male. does it for herself, though. Yeah. More for it, it, after a while, you start wondering: it's like, is she really doing this to help him? Mm-hmm. Like, she seems to be getting more out of it by reinforcing something about herself. Like, th- this is yeah. this is why the film is so rich: is because uh, nothing nothing is overly simplified. Relations through the relationships, through the interactions, other sorts of considerations and questions, and mm-hmm. and things just come. And Berman just lets it all happen, and he sets this beautiful context for it all to come out. And it was really solid filmmaking. So that's Keith Berman, and yeah, that's opening next week. And then it, all of these, all of these films we're going to talk about, they sort of have a release in Toronto and Vancouver, and then they expand into other cities across Canada. And there's a very interesting through line through a lot of the films, because I think the first three we're going to talk about are, are Canadian films and, uh, you know, firecrackers. We were just talking about males coming to terms with identity. Uh-huh. And yeah, now you're we've beating got, me to it. <laughs> we've got young females. Sorry, go ahead. I'm not, not stealing no, no, your thunder. Your but I just, like, I just find, thinking of, like, the various themes as we jump from film to film, it's, yeah. it's one of those rare weeks where a lot of things will, will connect go, in, in yeah. people's minds. And Go ahead and uh, set that one up if you want. Firecrackers is a wonderful film by um, Jasmine... Mozafari, and I believe it's her debut film. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's sensational, and it's about two young girls living in small town Ontario that have pretty much had it with their surroundings. And but it, it, let's set it, set it up also. So I am sorry to interrupt, no, no, go but ahead. just set set up the fact that you know, whereas with uh, giant little ones, we had this more um, what do you call affluent sort of context. Mm-hmm. This you get the other extreme of things where they're in um, in a context they're living in a context where everyone it, it seems to be a rundown area that they live in yeah. it's it's like a, maybe a rundown town or something yeah the town is definitely rundown it doesn't seem like there's much hope or future for a lot of the youth and it seems like one of those towns where even the adults are, are struggling and these two teenage girls decide that you know. They've saved up enough money in their motel cleaning job that they're going to leave and head to the big city and kind of leave all the terrible things behind. And just before, I guess the night before or the day before they're about to go, um, one of them is, her name is Chantel, and her boyfriend does not like the idea of of the, the women just taking off and doing what they want. And something happens to Chantel that forces um, both her and her friend Lou to to stay in town a little longer than they mm-hmm. they plan to and things just kind of go down from there they they end up in a a vicious spiral yeah which i think like you know the town and the the toxic masculinity in that yeah. town really does a number on them and every time that they try to get out and get away something happens that pulls them down further into the muck and yeah it's, it's a really fascinating film and then you also see how the situ as their situations change so do their the nature of their friendship mm-hmm. and like the type of people that come in and out of their lives during this this particular period and it's it's fascinating it's hard-hitting yeah absolutely i mean it really builds this portrait of all the odds that they have to face mm-hmm. and all the odds are represented by the people in a way you know the types of people, the parents, lack of parents, um, other adults in their lives, the the other teenagers in their lives, yep. and so it seems like 
these two young women trying to be who they want to be are, are, are having to fight off constantly that obstacle after obstacle after obstacle until, yeah, that, that night when it's Chantal who has to face this horrid, you know, this, this obstacle that's like it could stop someone in their tracks mm. and, in, and in Lou, essence, and you know. And Lou has problems it, understanding that fully. Uh, that's you know, it, like yeah. She knows what happened was bad, but she still, because it, it didn't happen to her, she still can't quite process. And that adds an interesting layer to their dynamics. Absolutely. But also you can see the way the film sets up their internal worlds, uh, sets them up as, you know, the protagonists. But the way it sets them up is in terms of it, it allows us to, to see the raw emotion, right? And there's a, there is a raw emotion um, that happens when you are a teen, but a teen in a desperate situation and a, a female in a desperate situation mm-hmm. where you're younger, the guy's do have more power be- just because the like one guy literally yep. picks one of them up and you know and he wins the fight that way he just picks her up so and so there are these like realities that they that they face in that town in that area that they can't fight and that they're constantly fighting and so it's to me that like, what was important about the film was that it showed this sort of vital energy that lives within people mm-hmm. who are so desperate to escape their circumstances there's that vital energy that it represents through these two characters Lou and Chantel that that that's what helps them in the end. Like that's what saves them, even through all those obstacles. Yeah, and it? and it's a lot of obstacle, a lot of bad decisions. And but I mean, bad and, decisions, and, and we yeah. can't let them off the hook. Like we understand why they make those bad decisions, but some of those decisions are still really <laughs> yeah. bad. And you you would think that, oh man, I, I wish they had known better. And it's just interesting because we we're but I, you know what I understood them. Yeah, we we completely I, in understand their situation. The, the I totally decisions. understood yeah. that. And, um, you know, I keep hearkening back to the fact that they're teenagers, but I also can't help but think that in, in those situ- under those circumstances, it's, you know, what happens when someone's desperate mm-hmm. and they desperately want to save themselves from their circumstances and they desperately are fighting and that's that's really one of the amazing things about the film, that it's showing this fighting spirit um and and how they they kind of they can find a way out yep even though it's not a simple solution you have to see the film it's wonderful it's it's, it's fabulous it's like one of my favorites firecrackers about this film since tiff yeah so we, saw, have, we both saw yeah, it at tiff and, and we was, both loved it I'm, yeah i'm happy that it's it's getting a release now cuz you know more people will finally get to see what i've been telling them to to try and go and see exactly yeah Okay, The Hummingbird Project. Now, this is a different kind of Canadian film. It's a co-production, I think, with Belgium. Belgium, yeah. Yeah, so Kim Nguyen, who we know from Rebel. Yes, uh, Warwitch. Warwitch, yeah. yeah. Rebel, yeah. I, at least I know from him from that. Yeah, I think it's the same the same title. Well, there's two. Yeah, it, no, because it was two. The way it translated, in, it was made in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Or no, it was, it was French language, right? And then... The way they translated it into English was, I think everybody just gave up on the English translation and called it Rebel. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. Okay, but anyway, so the Hummingbird Project is, you know, a, a much bigger deal for this filmmaker, and it's got actual, like, it's got bigger stars. 
like uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Alexander Skarsgård, and Salma Hayek. And this is a thriller uh, about, you know, traders in the market and how they're in the digital world, how they're trying to come up with um, it, a way to get the edge. And the way to get the edge really depends on the speed with which they can get their information and use it, you know, in their own way and then manipulate the market that way. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to milliseconds, you know, the milliseconds that they can cut in the way that the information comes to them. So it's a thriller in that regard because also there's a race uh, between them and the boss that they leave who she's invested a lot of time. And she's played by Salma Hayek. And uh, Skarsgård and Eisenberg are play these two cousins who they decide to defect from her company and have their own plan. So that's part of, part of it is their own plan involves this like very, very crazy idea mm-hmm. of building a cable like straight through. Yeah, from I think uh, Can- was it Kansas to New York to New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that means going and they and it has to be in a straight line and so therefore like they hit all these roadblocks which are even though they're going underground they hit like things like well what are you going to do when you hit the Appalachian Mountains how are you going to deal with that um, this you know things like that so but those are just details but you know, the film basically is this sort of thriller of. How do they face all these these obstacles, and how how do they solve the problem? But also, how, now they're in a race with Salma Hayek, who who is you know she's like this high roller. But in a way, I think the story for me, you know, it's it's a solid story. It's like an interesting enough story. Uh, I like that the fact that Wen tries to add some different touches like he breaks up the tension with these kind of quieter moments mm-hmm. once in a while but it's just not enough you know and so he just keeps um, he keeps trying but the story itself there's something about it that I found a bit familiar you know it's yeah. like the race against time of course you're going to run into obstacles how do you solve the obstacles you know and this unfortunately shrill performance that I found by Salma Hayek, who's like a little too wicked, oh, crazy. I you know? enjoyed her in that, yeah. The person I enjoyed <laughs> the most, the reason I would recommend this film is Skarsgård. Oh, he's great. He, he just he transforms so into yeah. this this being uh, this being that we all know and recognize. Yeah. You know, even if we don't know a genius uh, like of that caliber, the personality, the the little the little things about this person that yeah, he, he's, he's the everyman with with a lot of uh, just unique quirks. Yeah, because and, he's and a par- genius. And yeah, is, yeah know, these like, quirks come in that you you sort of would put up with, like when he has these little moments of his. I sort of think like, well, yeah, if I if I was if I knew a genius and I needed him for something, I I could totally. Mm-hmm understand why he would have these moments yeah and the frustration that he he has as well because he is so smart and he's he knows he's the smartest guy at the company but he has to listen while all these people are pitching ideas that he knows is not Mm -hmm. in in his mind is not going to work yeah because jesse eisenberg is playing the the guy who's like he's the one who's like dragging him not not dragging him but he sort of like leads him into this project Mm -hmm. and he's the huckster Yep. You know, like it's trying to keep it going, and Skarsgård is, like, stuck trying to figure out how to make Eisenberg's um, ideas work. 
Yeah, and it's it's an interesting dynamics between a dynamic between the two, and I would have. I think this would have been much better, in my opinion, if it was Sarsgar was the main yeah. character and the role reverse. I totally agree. Because <laughs> like, I I love the the quieter moments. I love some of the visual imagery in those moments, but it they're so scattered in the film that for me it kind of breaks up the tension and made the film feel a lot longer than it yes. actually is. Okay, yeah, I get and it. And then for me, watching these individuals basically try to be the first to swindle the average person I didn't feel like we had enough reason or enough invested in them to want to root for them fully mm-hmm. like you're, you're interested to see if they're going to be able to pull this crazy thing off because everyone's telling them it's crazy yeah but and it I, sounds crazy it sounds crazy and I could never quite grasp why especially for Eisenberg's character it had to be done there's like a lot of um, allusions to possibly impressing his father or him just being a little off kilter himself, but mm-hmm. there was nothing in that says, okay, this is the only alternative. We must do it this way. And they kind of jump in head first and then try and build the pool after. Yeah. Or, yeah. or build the pool <laughs> as they're going along. So it, to me, it was a, a lot of stop and starts. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting story. And I wasn't upset that I saw it, but at the end of the day, I was like, oh, I, I feel, I, I left feeling disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I felt understand. like the the talent was there, the directing talent was there, but it just doesn't quite mesh. No, no, and I liked what you said about stop and start because I felt that's exactly the phrase I I'll show mm. you in my notes. That's mm. exactly the phrase that I used as well. You know, when when I was trying to express to myself like what didn't work for me, yeah. and yeah, it was exactly that. But I did enjoy Summer Hike as the. Uh, you did okay. Villain. Tell me why. Tell me. Well, I'm a fan of Selma Hayek in general, but hey, I, I, hey, I, I I like Selma Hayek as much as the next person. But there was, but this role I just like, somehow didn't. I like the idea of a corporate boss who feels that she has been generous to her staff by basically plucking them from wherever and giving them jobs. So, as with a lot of business people, she expects loyalty, even though there's no sign that she gives loyalty in return and the fact that she goes to great lengths to find out what the boys are up to Mm -hmm. and then when she finds out she immediately kicks into gear oh we have to do it faster let me take this idea that Skarsgård's character doesn't even think it's good but I don't yeah it's a completely different way we've got the money to to do it a little faster and then I, I don't know I thought that was kind of interesting like it's one thing and she gets pretty vindictive too about how she goes about it so she doesn't want to just beat them she wants to Beat them, destroy their livelihood, yeah. their families, and it's you, well, maybe because I don't part. normally see her as a as a villain. So I thought it was a, she was really entertaining, and there's small enough doses that it didn't feel like she was going over the top for me. Ah, you see, I felt like she was going mm-hmm. over the top. It was just because it, she only came in small doses. Like when she came in, it was like whoa, like a lion, you know. Suddenly, like you've got cats and dogs playing, but then suddenly the lion comes in. Well, there's, there's and a great scene. Up. There's a great scene where she's talking to um, Sarsgaard's character, and he's, I think, in like a sauna or a pool. Or oh something. yeah, yeah. And she that just one. kind of, and she subtly tells him a story, which is basically a threatening story without officially threatening him. Yeah, yeah. And then walks away, and I thought it was just brilliant. <laughs> that was my favorite moment in the entire entire film. <laughs> That was a genius mm-hmm. moment, yeah. Mostly, I liked it because of Skarsgård. <laughs> <laughs> the way his character has to, like, deal with this. <laughs> that was actually, yeah, I agree. That was brilliant. 
Okay. <laughs> now we're going to like completely change uh, tone, mood. Well, not not completely. I would say. Okay, you you go ahead and set this up. For me, there's been a through line. So we start off with uh, young teenage boys in high school. Then we move to teenage girls towards the end of high school. And then we turn to men in the working world who have had it to here. And now we're going to um, Ashes, the Purest White, which mm-hmm. is the latest film by... Jia Zhenke. Jia And in that, you have a man who, similar to the cousins in Hummingbird only wants clout and fame and money. And <laughs> Interesting, yeah. And okay. he is partnered with this woman that loves him dearly and feels, a, as the film evolves, an undying loyalty to him. So she's the, she goes to great lengths to even save him because this guy is a, is a low-rank gangster. Yeah, it takes, this takes place in like the underworld of, of China. Mm-hmm. So it's a completely different world. Um, and it starts, I think, with 2001, because it's like 17 years yeah. spanning. So you see them as they're young in love. He's doing well as the number two guy in, in their uh, criminal organization. She's not part of the organization, but she likes the money because in their area, at least in her hometown, there's a lot of poverty because the mine has gone under and there's a lot of unrest with the um, the workers. And uh, when her boyfriend, Ben, gets his boss gets knocked off, Ben becomes the number one guy, which means everybody who was going after his boss is now coming after him. Right. And in a really great moment of, of, of fighting and just gruesomeness but shot really well um, Guao ends up saving him by breaking up the fight by just shooting a gun in the air she doesn't even kill anyone and she gets five years in jail whereas Ben I think only got like a year for the fight and when she comes out society has changed so her hometown is still very poor but a lot of the people that were in their crew have gone quote unquote legit and are now finding money via other means that because society has changed yeah society has changed but i feel like they're still doing corrupt things but they're now doing it from a business perspective yeah it kind of like they're at the level of you Mm -hmm. know uh, the previous film scars garden yeah exactly and you see like a lot of men that um jow encounters um when she's trying to find bin because bin has moved on with his life and never visited her when she was in prison a lot of the men are all affluent and they all have mistresses you know they they're they try to seem like honorable noble men but you just realize that there's as china has evolved it's just raised like a lot of corrupt individuals mm-hmm. so it's it's fascinating to see this woman trying to reconnect with her past love who's who's moved on um and they're in a weird cycle where they always kind of butt up against each other and she feels a sense of loyalty to him, even when the love kind of fades from her, mm-hmm. that he doesn't feel, but they kind of need each other. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. And I, it, I, it's a fascinating film. Yeah. Well, th- what struck me was, um, because Jia Zhenke, like in other films, uh, Touch of Sin, um, Mountains May Depart, he's been watching or uh, meditating on the big changes that have happened in China in in terms of uh, technological, like social, all sorts of changes that have happened 
quite drastically, quite quickly, right? And so in these films, this is, you know, another example, but this one is, is more, I find, I don't know if it's more, but he always finds a way to set up this sort of um, kind of suspenseful narrative, right, where, you know, he's dealing with the underworld in this, you know, and, and she gets, as a girlfriend, she gets involved, even though that normally doesn't happen, and then she has to pay a price, and then, you know, she comes out and everything's different. By by coming out and being disconnected from at least the transitional phase, it's like a giant shock. Mm-hmm. So that reflects also this sort of, you know, uh, it reinforces the shock of these massive changes in, in China and Chinese society. And, yeah, what you pointed out about, you know, they start off as gangsters and then they just take it up a notch. Yeah. And it's in the business world now. But, you know, what they're doing in the business world is not le- actually legit. And, right? her bo- and her boyfriend doesn't seem to, I guess, because he even for a year or so that he was away, he missed part of that change. And it doesn't seem like he is quite on par with a lot of the people that he was once above. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that eats away at him to the point where it brings him further down than when he even were from where he started, right? And it's right, just a really... Because yeah. he didn't adapt as well. No, he didn't adapt because he, he's still, in his mind, set in the past and wants certain things in the past excluding her. Yeah. But you realize that the only good thing in the past for him was her, you know? And it's just, it's a very interesting cycle mm-hmm. that that goes on in the film yeah and it's it sort of shows you that you know people get ahead when like there was a logic to the way people got ahead in and (laughs) there was a logic in the underworld ironically in in the context of this film and then there there's a different kind of logic that happens and you have to have a certain way of adapting and if you don't then you don't quite and you don't end up on top because you thought you were always going to be on top, but you don't end up on top. And yep. things get, you know, shift, they shift and they get topsy-turvy and things like that. But also in many ways, this is as suspenseful and and as epic as this, the scope of this film is. It's it's very much a love story as well. It's romantic, yeah. uh, which is an interesting and refreshing kind of point of view coupled with what uh, Jia's doing in terms of uh, tracking the changes in Chinese soci- in Chinese society, right? Yeah, if, it, it feels very much like a a loveless love story, in the sense where it <laughs> but you don't think off. you don't think hers. I think no, I think her for her, it's it was love, and she's by far the the most interesting person there. But it's it's seeing that love that you have that undying love that you give to someone and then we're starting to realize that they don't love you in the same way yeah but because you've invested so much you feel kind of bound to them mm-hmm. and as the film points out like you know there's probably universal implications to to that linking but yeah it's it's interesting that through all the stuff that they go through and the love goes she still will drop anything to help him you know which you say well that's love right? it's also an old-fashioned kind of devotion but, it, but it, 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 it's old-fashioned it yeah, doesn't it's, it's, get her it's anywhere in this sense society of, sense of duty and even though she keeps investing so much into him he does not invest pretty much anything mm-hmm. into her so that's why i feel like it's a it's a love story about loveless people 
That's interesting. That, yeah, I can see your point. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot in this film, and it's, it's, it's um, you know, Jazz Janku has this, if you know him, you, you know that he has this sort of style that's, that's slow-paced, uh, but there's so much, it evokes so much. Um, it really gives you a lot of information, and it sucks you in so quickly. You're not even aware that it's slow. Like, you, you just get sucked into this world. You get sucked into the, the character's point of view, their sort of worldview. And, and once you're in there, once you get sucked right in, it, it's, it opens up. Like, it really opened my eyes and my, my sort of point of view on, on things. Like, it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's a fascinating, like, I love, it's a fabulous, I, I think everything Jia Zhenke has done so far is fabulous in the way that it does that, in the way that it's, it's able to suck you in when you don't think it's going to, when you have no, no reason to believe it's going to and then yep. there you are you're you're like sucked right into it and um so much has happened before you even realize and you've gained this perspective yeah, yeah. it's it's a wonderful film absolutely now in terms of master filmmakers Mr. Jordan Peele yes so he, the, he the came new, out the new young masters the new young master he came out of the gate like just like a champion, right? Yeah, Os- Oscar winner for uh, for Get Out, and he has a, a new film that opens this week called Us, mm-hmm. um, and I got a chance to to see a screening of it, and it is delightful. Okay, uh, it, okay. The question, come on, compared to Get Out, I as a follow up to Get Out. On first viewing, I I think Get Out is better. I think um, Get Out is a slightly deeper film than this but if you are in the mood for fun thrilling horror with some great laughs us is the film for you okay uh, i know we're doing this a little bit backwards because of the way i asked you because mm-hmm. i mean that's that's the question on everyone's mind right is it as great as as it's it's worth get out? it's worth seeing and but he, tell us a bit about it uh just so people know sure so the film stars Lupita Nyong'o as um, a woman by the name of Adelaide. And when Adelaide was a young girl, she went to the Santa Cruz Pier Fair with her bickering parents and wandered off and ended up in a one of those little funhouse um, places after hour and got lost. But w- when she was in there, she came across a little girl that looked just like her. And it wasn't a mirror, like an actual living person so of course she gets freaked out she's traumatized never speaks of it and then many years later like 30 some odd years later she's now married um, her husband's played by Winston Duke who a lot of people will remember from Black Panther and she, they've got two great kids and based on the husband's insistence they go back to Santa Cruz for uh, vacation because I guess he's got like a his father had like a um, summer home there and Adelaide is just she does not want to go and she does not want to go to the beach because she remembers what happened right. in the fun house but anyway she goes and she keeps having a f- weird feeling that something is not right that something's coming after her. and then one night four, <laughs> wait, 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 four individuals <laughs> I, I'm not going to spoil anything but four individuals show up on their driveway who look identical to them 
but they're decked <laughs> out in red kind of jumpsuits. Um, they have like one brown glove on their right hand, and they're carrying gold scissors. And <laughs> oh my god! This, what an image! Thus starts the the film in terms of like the the true horror of it, and you start to realize that um, her doppelganger, who's known as Red, and the rest of these doppelgangers want to basically get rid of Adelaide and her family and take over. So the film is literally about how we are our own worst enemies and you know the many of the things that impede us in life are ourself. <laughs> and it's Jordan Which is true. Which right? is which is very true and mm-hmm. it and the film takes some interesting twists and turns. There's a lot of great humor in it to to break up the tension. Really okay, nicely. so that's a signature of Jordan Peele. Yeah, it's I it's I think it's part of his style now, and it's not it's not as gory as um, you think it's going to be. If you can, I say, if you can handle Get Out, you can handle this film. Okay. It, there's obviously the body count is a little higher. <laughs> it it is it is definitely creepy, and part of that is because the performances are so good right and like Lupita Luongo is fantastic in this film if I know when was it um Tony Collette was in Hereditary they were saying people were saying that she should get an Oscar nomination but mm-hmm. Oscars tend not to nominate um horror right in yeah. performances I think Kathy Bates might have been the last one I have to check my notes but this is one of those films was like oh if horror got more recognition like Lupita is so good that I could I would easily see if this had come out later in the year her being in the Oscar conversation because she she gives she has to play two distinct characters and make it sound make it seem like you know they are both unique in their own way hmm. and she does and it's it's wonderful well maybe because it's Lupita Nyong'o I mean everybody loves Lupita mm-hmm. Nyong'o the whole cast is great even um, Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men she's in it as well yeah. so um, but I was, I was saying maybe Lupita Nyong'o because it's her like Kathy Bates okay so maybe she got nominated for a horror film because of her reputation so maybe the same will happen with Lupita uh, hopefully but again because it's so early in the year Oscars you voters, think they'll forget Oscar voters don't seem to like to vote yeah for you know what outside, considering what yeah. they voted on this year uh, <laughs> let's let's not even talk about I'm still mad at, at them for a number of <laughs> decisions <laughs> they made so we won't talk about them we'll just say go see us it's it's entertaining and it's a lot of fun excellent okay so there you go lots to do now that the weather's nice you can go outside go to the theater and have some fun lots of new releases okay so that's it for us we'll catch you next time thanks